Welcome to MKB Law's Interactive Insights Podcast. In this episode, we are going to be discussing flexible life interest trusts. I'm James Boyd, and I'm joined by Rachel Scroggy, a solicitor in our private client team. Uh, just to, to start our discussion, would you be able to tell me some of the, the key things to bear in mind when planning and inheritance tax and more generally estate planning? Mm-hmm. Well, as you said, it is a very broad question. So I think we should focus on really when people come in to make a will with me and the things that we can discuss at that point in time. So obviously, um, you'll understand that everybody has a £325,000 nil rate ban. Now, who knows if that's going to change after the mini budget that's mm-hmm. going to be released today. Um, but it's been that way for quite a while. So you have £325,000 of tax-free assets. So that can consist of your house, it can consist of money in the bank, it can consist of insurance policies. Often things like your pension aren't really included in your estate, but it's it's all relative for deciding really or sort of finding out what is going to be taxable after you pass. So that's for one individual, but if you're married, what you can actually do is you can transfer your nil rate band. So on the death of a married couple, if the first spouse leaves everything to their second spouse, they can avail of double the nil rate band. So a married couple actually, when they both pass on the death of the second spouse, really has £650,000 of cash-free assets. That's right. Okay? Yeah. So that's a really useful point in that you can transfer all your assets to your spouse and really then it means that when the first spouse dies, obviously it's going to be a hard and difficult time. It means that we're not discussing taxes. We're not trying to pay off inheritance tax at that point. It means that that really happens on the death of the second spouse. So after the married couple have passed, then we have to deal with the taxes. But another really useful thing to bear in mind is the residence nil rate band. So in addition to the £650,000 that a married couple can leave tax-free, they also have the residence nil rate band. And that is essentially another up to £175,000 each that you can use against your property. So obviously you'll understand that most people, their biggest asset is their property when they die. Um, you know, you could be dealing with a property maybe worth £350,000. If you pass and as a married couple, you leave a property of £350,000, you can both put your £175,000 resident in the rate band against that property. And that, that way the property will also pass tax-free. Um, and that means that essentially you have a million pounds there of assets that can pass without having to pay inheritance tax. The one very important thing to bear in mind with the residence and rate band, however, is that it can only be passed to direct descendants. For example, if a married couple leave their home to their children, then the residence and rate band can be used. But if they leave it to a niece or to a nephew, it can't be used. Right, okay. And so that that extra sort of threshold will be lost. Um, so it's, it's very useful for, I suppose the idea is that you can pass your wealth onto your family. Um, but the problem is if you choose not to have a family or you don't have a family, unfortunately that extra money is lost and you can't avail of that extra sort of £350,000 of tax-free assets. So that's the only problem there. But it's, it's just another thing for people who, who are in a situation where they're married and they do have children. It's, it's It rounds off that sort of million-pound tax-free asset. And as I said, those are, they're readily available to everyone. Um, and I think any conversation with regards to inheritance tax needs to start off with those two primary factors um, and then thereafter any sort of money that's left thereafter that's when I suppose more intense inheritance tax planning takes place and at that point I would be recommending people to speak to an accountant or to speak to a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Rachel, you've explained that very well. It brings me back to that that famous budget by George Osborne, where he he brought up the the million pound free in inheritance tax, but it could all change with this autumn budget. More specifically, Rachel, dealing with the flexible life interest trusts, um, really, what is it firstly, and how can it assist in inheritance tax planning? Okay, so the flexible life interest trust, it doesn't necessarily help with inheritance tax planning, but they're very, very good at preserving capital for future generations. So it preserves your wealth and ensures that it's protected from third parties, okay? So it protects money then from, you know, remarriage, from bankruptcy. And of course, we're all living longer nowadays and there are more costs to consider and it will help to preserve wealth in the future. So a flexible life interest trust, it really is a mechanism that we would use within a will. And again, it's in that circumstance where you have a married couple or a civil partnership. So in that instance, what we would say is the spouses have mirror wills in that their wills are the same. They can be amended at any time, of course, thereafter, but it means that they sort of reflect each other, okay? And we would say that spouse one has the exact same setup as spouse two. And in this instance, they would leave their assets on the death of the first spouse into a flexible life interest trust. So spouse one leaves everything except for the house, but we'll come back to that, to spouse two on a flexible life interest trust upon their death. And this allows the second spouse to benefit immediately on the death of the first spouse of all the assets that the two own. Um, But it protects the assets. So the surviving spouse is actually given a life, it's what we call a life interest in the assets contained in the estate of the first spouse. It means that the surviving spouse is the main beneficiary but the surviving spouse can also be a trustee of this trust. Okay. Okay. So they have ultimate control of the trust, but they also are the main beneficiary in that they get a life interest in the assets left behind. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it means that they have the automatic right to income from the trust, but they also have the right to capital because they're the trustee. They can allow themselves the capital assets. Okay. Um, and it allows them to benefit straight away, obviously, from the assets. So there's no sort of having to go through the difficult process of probate and waiting for funds to become accessible. Essentially, the funds then, you know, are immediately within the trust and the, the second spouse has access to those things. So there's just a lot of flexibility there, but it essentially means that the assets are able to pass tax-free to the other as they would anyway, but that the, the, the assets are reserved in this trust where the second spouse is the beneficiary, but also has control of those assets, but that they are protected from any third parties because of course, the assets are owned by the trust, not actually the spouse. The okay. spouse just has an interest in those assets. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the crux of the point. The point is, the assets are you know are owned then by the trust, not the not the spouse. And that means that you know, God forbid, um, something awful were to happen where the second spouse gets themselves into some financial difficulty, or the second spouse finds himself remarrying. It would be fair to think that maybe the the first spouse would the first spouse who has passed would prefer for their assets, you know, to continue within their family line and maybe not become sort of the collateral of a second marriage essentially. Yes. So it protects the assets in that way, and that it ensures that your children can benefit. But your spouse also can too, because essentially when you draft the Flexible Life Interest Trust, of course the main beneficiary is your other spouse, but also the children's names would be listed in that too, because eventually after the life interest runs out, as in when the second spouse dies, the children will be the ultimate beneficiaries. 
Absolutely. Rachel, uh, thank you very much for that, for explaining some of the, the advantages and, and benefits to making that life in trust. Trust, more specifically about putting property into a life interest trust, is that something you would be advising? Any recommendations for, for placing property into a life interest trust? So as I said before, the um, flexible life interest trust is great for protecting your assets from all the different things that nobody can ever foresee. However, if we want to ensure that we get the use of the, the residence nil rate band that we first talked about, we can't put the property in the trust. That's because um, a flexible life interest trust is essentially an interest in possession trust or a life interest trust, okay, throughout the life of the second spouse. But upon the death of the second spouse, it automatically turns into a discretionary trust. So, as you will know, trustees are the people who decide what happens to the capital what happens to the income yeah um and in a discretionary trust a trustee obviously has a lot of discretion with regards to where the money's going to go so in this instance the spouse is the main beneficiary but of course the children are also named as ultimate beneficiaries um and you'll often find that in a trust document it'll say you know to my direct descendants so obviously that is quite a vague group of people So if the property is in this life interest trust that then turns into a discretionary trust, the trustees, you know, the discretion there is too wide. And what HMRC will say is that, you know, they're not sure that the property will actually go to your children because it's a broad group of people. Oh, right. Okay. So so we can't use, we can't marry the flexible life interest trust and put the property within it or you'll lose out on that residence and we'll be banned. So it's really important that if you want to avail of the best inheritance tax planning, but you also want to protect your wealth, that you come to see a solicitor so that they can ensure that the property is protected in other ways. So there are various different ways that we can do that. Um, but also that you're availing of the nil rate band, your transferable nil rate band, um, you're preserving your wealth, but at the end of the day, when that trust eventually comes to an end, because it will, that that property is, you know, that we were able to ensure that we get to the highest rate of tax saving against the property. Yes. So there's that's just one thing to bear in mind when you're talking about a flexible life interest trust is that the property then it, it becomes sort of, you know, are we going to get the residence rate band? Are we not? And that's why it's very important to come in to see a solicitor to ensure that you can avail of all, you can have the best of both worlds, you can have your cake and you can eat it as well. Um, and that's why, of course, you know, we would be saying to come in and speak to somebody about that. And um, over a cup of tea, we can have a good chat about what the best way is to preserve, you know, your assets for your the future generations, because at the end of the day, that's what everybody wants to do. Absolutely. Rachel, thank you very much for that. Um, look, if, if you have any questions on this topic or require any further advice, please get in touch with Rachel. Um, thank you for listening and please check back on our social media channels for details of our next episode. <laughs>